0: Jesus did not have this problem of fixing electronics while he was preaching, (laughs) hallelujah, hallelujah, can we shout aloud hallelujah to Jesus, hallelujah, God is good, amen, hallelujah, God is so good and this morning we have been singing about the love of God how God has been so wonderfully good to us hallelujah isn't it a blessing a privilege for us as the children of God to be in God's presence this morning both here at church and also those of you watching online that we could come and just uh, bask in the presence of God and in the love of God bask in the grace of God hallelujah that's so wonderful And so we rejoice this morning because God is good. No matter what your situation is and what you're going through, God's love is true and very real and God is with you. Amen. Hallelujah. The very fact that we are still alive is uh, evidence that God has been gracious and very loving to us. Hallelujah. Not that he did not love those who have gone before us, but... It's just the grace of God that we are alive and we praise and thank God for that. And while we thank God, uh, we also want to specially pray for um, Medwin who's here and his mom and the entire family, Sister Stella, um, and uh, the whole larger family, brothers and sisters of uh, dear brother who has uh, uh, passed away recently. Uh, we'll just take a moment uh, to pray for the Lord's comfort upon them. God will wipe their tears in this time, uh, season of grief and God will be with them and help them in every way. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. Lord, we are so grateful and thankful to you because we are alive to thank you and praise you and Lord, especially we want to pray for Sister Stella, Medwin, his mom and Lord, the larger family. Lord, who have lost their uh, Lord, uh, brother, uh, father, husband. Lord, uh, we pray that Lord, you will comfort them this morning and we pray that you would uh, uh, wipe their tears we pray that your holy spirit who is our comforter will be with them and lord strengthen them and we pray that you will be their father you will be the head of the home you will take control and charge of every area and detail of their life that you you and your presence will just fill that empty space and that home and even as we prayed this morning that every empty space will be filled by your love your presence we pray that empty space lord in the family will be filled lord by your presence and you will be present with them that more than what an earthly father a husband lord could do that you are able to do it oh father for them and we pray that you would be with them and cover them under your protection your care that no evil will befall them that you will take away all the sorrow the grief and Fill them with your peace and your presence, O Father. Let your grace abound in their lives richly. We give you glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's continue to be praying for Medwin and uh, their family. Um, I want to remind about uh, the service soon after this in Tamil at 10. Those of you watching online, if you want to join us at 10 o'clock, do join and also share the links as uh, they are shared. Uh, Share the links with your friends, relatives, anyone who would like to introduce uh, this worship service uh, you will be amazed as you heard last week that many many people uh, in different cities in different places are following us online and are listening and they are blessed and many of them are responding um, praise god for that hallelujah so so uh, this cannot happen and this cannot increase without your participation and involvement and so we want to continually encourage you to share the links Uh, Whether it's a Facebook post or Instagram post or whether it's a YouTube link or whatever, uh, you know, you find each week uh, and every day, whatever new uh, posts are being uh, posted as well, share them. This is the digital world and we have the privilege of reaching many, many people whom we don't know also (laughs) uh, with the gospel and the love of Christ uh, by just in the click of a button. Isn't that amazing? Praise God. Let's do that more. Thank you. Um, and I want to remind about the Sunday School for Children, uh, Kids Club at 12 on Zoom and also Teens Club uh, that started off, kicked off so well uh, last week um, and uh, uh, so do forward the Zoom link to your friends, uh, those of you children, young people, um, you know up to 12 standard, you know if you are here and if you are watching online and parents we want to encourage you to share the links with uh, your kids friends and their parents and share it with them and talk to them encourage them to join for the uh, kids club and the teens club so many of them uh, in fact most of them are from other uh, outside of the four walls of the church isn't it wonderful for that hallelujah and parents are happy to send them you know on zoom and because uh, there's so much of need among children during this season uh, because of the lockdown and all of that and children have been cut off from their friends cut off from daily uh, play activities and uh, you know a social life and so they are stuck in their homes. This, is a, uh, And they are also hooked on to a lot of unnecessary things, bad stuff online. And so this is the way where children can be reached during the season. So do uh, tap into this opportunity and share the Zoom links as well. And service in the evening at 6 o'clock online, um, do join online. We want to encourage every one of you, don't miss the evening service. Uh, it's as important as the morning. Somehow, you know, in our Christian culture, an uh, evening service uh, slight felt like to be a slightly inferior to the morning service. Morning service is the main service, evening service, evening. You know, all worship services, all prayer times, all are very equally important. We are meeting with the same God. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Not, you know, uh, the PA to God. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. So I want to encourage everybody to join the evening online. God bless you. Um, So this morning we're going to go on to the book of Matthew, gospel of Matthew. Has anyone started reading Matthew? I'll close my eyes. You can lift your hands and put down. And if you, even if you don't. Okay, three people. Praise God. Hallelujah. So please do start reading the gospel of Matthew. Without your personal reading, most of what I'm preaching will go over your head without your reading of the scripture if you don't know the text what i'm preaching will go over your head so i want to encourage you and those of you who are joining online go through the gospel of matthew and last two sundays we started off um, you know from um, uh, la- the last two sundays and we've been studying the gospel of matthew and it's amazing to read what the lord has been doing while he was on this earth and also what matthew was writing to the churches and so for us to get a good grasp of what was conveyed to them what was meant to them not how we think it means for us but what was it what was the Lord meaning what was he saying what was he communicating what was he doing while he was on this earth and to learn that is wonderful and so I want to encourage you to go and read and uh, read as many times as possible Uh, you know first seven chapters read it at one shot listen to the first message part 1 then 8 to 10 last sunday's message 8 to 10 read it at one shot listen to you know the second part of the message second message last week you'll get a good grasp of what was in 8 to 10 and today we're going to look at 11 to 13 so if you don't journey along with us in reading the scriptures you will miss out on a lot of things and many things what you're hearing now will sound like oh that sounds good and then when you're home you will totally forget and you will not know what actually the Bible talks about and what the passages talk about. And so reading parallelly along, that's why I've been constantly reminding us to read, read. Uh, There is no alternative to reading. Of course, you can use an uh, audio Bible, listen to it as you travel, uh, do that also. But I want to encourage you to read the Bible. Uh, Reading scriptures must be a very integral part of our daily life. I mean, just like brushing our teeth and uh, blowing our nose no, let's not go more details than that. Reading the Bible must be very much part of our daily activity of life. Amen. Hallelujah. And those disciplines are slowly fading away, because we've become very busy, and we don't have much time for many of our own personal things. We are running here and there, and we are on this rat race, and we have to uh, get so many things done, uh, or to-do lists for each day are so big that you know we don't have real quality time and so but we need to push and fight and find some time and say no to certain things hand over certain things to somebody else and find the time to sit down and read amen learn to say no to some things in life you know to some people learn to say no sometimes we have too goody goody that we start taking up everything on our own heads oh anything uh, by the time somebody thinks what they can do we immediately offer and say i can do that a good quality but then don't do it at the expense of sacrificing your own life and your own time and your time with God and the quiet times that you need to have to think to reflect it takes a great deal of time to clear our minds from the clutter of all kinds of things that are going on in our heads and to quieten ourselves and to read to reflect to think about God to connect with him personally from our heart it takes a lot of time because we are bombarded with so much of information. We are in this information age, information explosion age, where all all the places where we turn to, earlier it was only newspaper, billboards, and television, and black and white. That's all was information. But now you have multiple ways of information hitting into your head, and just that one more thing has to happen, one chip into our head, and then information will just pop in, and we can download in the head. That's the only thing that is pending. We've almost, we are almost there, you know, because you have multiple forms and sizes and shapes of devices and colors and things that are revolving around us, which are throwing in so much of information and full of clutter in the head and so we can't even get sleep at night and we have to start taking pills for that. But I want us to know that we need to get back to the good old way of reading scriptures for which we need to clear out all of those things find some time just quieten ourselves even if you're just lying on the bed just listening to a few songs of worship just quieten yourself amen hallelujah that's so necessary for us during this time switch off even christian television too much of noise there also that cannot replace your personal time with God I mean hallelujah just because Christian blessing TV is running 24 7 angel TV and Sadhu is sitting in your living room 24 7 that does not bring God there it's okay but that does not connect you personally to God you have to spend your time with God you have to read your Bible you have to take food and eat it for yourself just a plate of biryani on the table will not fill and satisfy your stomach and fill the hunger we have to pick it up and eat it and chew it and swallow it and it has to digest and go and say, that's when it works. Are you with me this morning? I hallelujah, I think I can go on and on ranting like this without preaching. Let's get to the message. Sunday service uh, times are so less for us to, you know, spend time and talk about so many things. And so uh, let's focus, uh, go into gospel of Matthew. We are on part three today. And we have two more to go. And so by then we would cover the entire gospel of Matthew. Um, And I'm titling this section, chapters 11 to 13, as a gospel explosion that Jesus is talking about. Uh, How many of you realize that the way we've understood the gospels are completely different from the way we are reading it right now? Anybody feels that way? Yeah. The way we looked at the gospels was just in isolation, just miracle stories just some sayings and teachings of jesus and some of them we didn't understand also right but here is a way where we can read the scriptures the way it was told the way it happened the way matthew was telling the story to the jewish churches to whom he was writing so firstly we're going to look at um going back to the same thing which we touched upon last week how to read the Gospels. Firstly, we look at the question, what did Jesus convey mean? What did he mean to the disciples, to the crowds, while he was speaking, while he was doing the miracle and he was saying certain things that he said along with the miracle, while he was interacting with them? What did he mean to them? What did he convey to them? That's the first thing we need to ask. We need to look at. And the second thing, in the same passages, what we need to look at is, what is Matthew conveying to the Jewish church? Now, Matthew is taking whatever happened whatever jesus did whatever happened during the time of christ his death resurrection everything he's taking that and putting an orderly account he's writing down to another audience now the first audience where jesus was and to whom he ministered to spoke to to whom he did the miracles that audience was different the disciples the crowds the multitudes that followed him now after uh, at least about 40 50 years Matthew is writing around 80 uh, 70 80 80 Jesus lived for 33 and a half years and now Matthew is writing around 70 80 as the eyewitnesses of the Lord are fading away Matthew feels that the churches the Jewish believers are being tossed here and there because of the influence of Judaism the old testament form of worship they're saying oh you need to circumcise But we don't have to circumcise because Jesus was the circumcision lamb. Jesus was circumcised on the cross and he has paid the punishment for our sins and so we don't have to do a ritualistic form of worship and circumcision. We are set apart, circumcised in our hearts, set apart for the Lord as holy by faith because of his grace, by what he accomplished on the cross. And so all these ritualistic um symbolic acts that represented what jesus was doing on the cross all that was given in the old testament along with human traditions are being enforced again on jewish believers remember they come from that same tradition and now again they are tossed and pulled back into judaism and matthew is writing this gospel to stabilize those jewish churches in the gospel Hey, this is the gospel. This is what Jesus was proclaiming. This is the pathway into his kingdom, not rituals, not traditions, not form, not empty customs. It's not just lighting up of a candle. It is not just doing some, uh, you know, uh, rituals but it is a matter of the heart. It's about transformation, internal change, change of heart, change of attitude, change of perspectives, actions. That's what he was teaching in this, on the Sermon on the Mount and continues to do about how we have to be his kingdom people. And this is the gospel. Matthew is basically stabilizing churches in the gospel, the Jewish churches in the gospel and helping them to see that this is who jesus is and this is what he taught and this is what he proclaimed and believe in this don't go back into something else so matthew is conveying that to the jewish churches taking the story of jesus taking the incidents the miracles that happen and presenting them in a certain way conveying that to the jewish churches are you with me And then the third question we need to ask is how all of this, both of these, what Jesus conveyed to the original audience and what Matthew, how he took that to stabilize them in the gospel, how both of this apply to us today. And so reading and understanding takes a little bit of hard work Mm
1: -hmm.
0: or rather quite a bit. It's not about just telling and knowing the sunday school stories of jesus multiplied five loaves and two fish a little boy's lunch and fed five thousand. Oh, hallelujah praise the lord it doesn't begin and end with that yes that's what happened but what was he conveying through that why did multi- he multiply what were the things that happened around that miracle and what did those people who had the first time audience of jesus what did it mean to them and now in Matthew is presenting it to the churches and writing using those stories and he did not write everything that Jesus did he certainly handpicked certain things and wrote and presented them to the churches he was conveying a message to the churches so what are both of these and we take that and what is the principle for us today we apply that to our lives Amen. you'll you'll come along it might look like very complicated oh How am I going to understand all of this? I don't understand head or tail of anything that I read. Don't worry. That's why rereading helps. Studying again and again helps. Whether it's physics, chemistry or the Bible, studying again and again helps. Amen. And all the students of the Bible also said, amen. Oh, that sounds good. So what is Matthew's approach? Matthew puts down five discourses or five long serious discussions. That's what I said, first seven chapters, then eight to 10, then now 11 to 13 today on what is the gospel, the good news that Jesus preached as he called people into the kingdom and Matthew is presenting the gospel story all together. The messages that Jesus preached and the whole gospel story of including Christ and his miracles and everything, Matthew is presenting. This is the approach Matthew takes. And this is Matthew's pattern of writing. Remember, we are dealing with literature i i see many teachers here many many of you you know literature and when you're dealing with literature each genre of literature you deal with it differently and here matthew in those each of those sections five sections you'll see him narrating telling a story first couple of chapters he will tell a story he will narrate he will describe what happened and then he will follow it up with the sermon a teaching of jesus exact teaching what Jesus taught or preached and then at the end of it you will find one verse which will close it by saying that's called a literary marker the phrase you will find is when Jesus finished saying these things when Jesus finished preaching when Jesus finished teaching when Jesus finished saying these things that's the literary marker that closes that section and Matthew is starting a new section after that that's how we identify there are five sections get what I'm saying good. So this is the pattern in each of those sections, each block will have a narration, a sermon and then it close by saying when Jesus had finished saying these things. So the first discourse, the first discussion was on the passages of the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus was calling people to a a whole serious experience of repentance not just confession of sins and saying Lord Jesus please forgive me without any change of heart and life and perspective and action but a whole serious repentance and complete change because the Jewish people were stuck with a certain form of religiosity and the form of religiosity was just filled with rituals and human tradition that did not produce fruit in keeping with repentance it did not produce good fruit it did not change their character it did not change their attitudes it was still full of falsehood hypocrisy and a double life double standards that they lived by so jesus is calling them to a whole different uh, world to leave that old system and come into repentance the second discourse chapters 8 to 10 is empowering the disciples and sending the 12 out with this gospel with this new form of gospel the good news that he is brought he's empowering them to go cast out the demons, heal the sick, cleanse the leper and to go and proclaim the good news of the kingdom. That is what he is doing in the second discourse and where we found that for us today that we need to recognize that there is a great harvest out there and we need to be taking this gospel of Jesus which is authentic, which is true and we need to hold dearly to that and I want to Talk about one of our friends, recently we've been praying for his mother who was uh, going through dialysis and she had a, a lung infection admitted in triple M and went almost to dead bed for several days. It was uh, very critical and uh, we earnestly prayed, many others prayed, you all prayed as well in the night prayer we prayed and by God's grace she suddenly started recovering. Doctors took the signatures, the son from abroad came, you know, they... The, it was a very dicey situation which way it will go nobody knew at that point suddenly she started getting revived about 70 years old and um, miraculously you know got back home and we got together several times here as a family and he came the elder son who's probably around 50 years old he came and uh, we prayed together along with him and he was very encouraged and and pastor prophetically said your mom will come home and prepare coffee while she was actually in ICU and you know in sedation and that and you know what happened literally that happened she came home the next day was her uh, wedding birthday her 70th birthday and she made biryani and they sent some for us also that's a privilege of being a pastor you know so it's amazing how miraculously the next day after you come from ICU you cook biryani will that happen no that's the miracle power of God and yet the one thing that this um uh son his their son you know who uh with whom we've been spending time praying you know what he said the one thing he keeps saying about many of our conversations he would say you know most important thing is you need to be saved the most important thing is salvation salvation I've 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 noticed that in several of the conversations, in several times that he has come, the one thing that he repeatedly says is about salvation, the importance of salvation, the emphasis, the, 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 the glory of salvation and the importance of salvation. Because he was at this, looking at his mom going through a life or death situation and the only thing that can make a difference at that moment, if she leaves this world is salvation. Salvation. And so Matthew's concern for the Jewish churches is that, oh, the salvation, this gospel should not be diluted. This gospel should not be mixed with Judaism. And again, another form, another tradition should not happen. This gospel should be held very strongly because through it, in believing in Jesus and the gospel story comes salvation, forgiveness of sins and the privilege, the blessing of eternal life and so that's the one thing that Matthew is driving very strongly and we need to embrace that gospel that same gospel that Jesus preached that same gospel story must be told among ourselves and step, we need to be stabilized and firmly rooted and established in this gospel message and the story of Jesus so that we will have the courage to go and proclaim it outside amen Hallelujah. If we are not convinced and if we are not living it out and if it does not impact our lives, we will not have the burden for the lost. We will not have the, the, the uh, you know, urgency to go and share it with people. We will not see how lost people are. We will never be able to see that. But when the gospel makes an impact on your life, you begin to recognize this is the most important thing of life. Amen. Hallelujah. And that's something that takes us into the third discourse where Jesus goes exhaustively into the parables of the kingdom. The parables of the kingdom. Let's get into that this morning very quickly. Number one, you're going to find in chapter 11, about the and 11 and 12 especially, about Jesus talking to the nation of Israel, addressing the nation of Israel concerning their condition and what is going to become of them. You see, Jesus proclaimed the good news in different cities and towns and villages. And as he went and proclaimed the good news of the kingdom and called people to repentance and come into his kingdom and to believe in him that he is the Messiah. Many of those cities where he did miracles, signs and wonders also, they continued to remain unrepentant. They continued to reject him. And therefore, they were coming under a judgment and even in the preceding discourse that we saw last week we saw how the jews were uh, going to you know rebel and refuse to accept jesus as the savior and jesus you know forewarns disciples as he sends them out to preach the good news of the kingdom and call people into the kingdom as he entrusts them with this gospel message to do his work he also cautions them by saying the nation of israel as a whole is not going to accept me nor my message and here he's continuing on that and saying that they will remain unrepentant can we read Matthew's gospel chapter 11 and verse number 16 to 19 Matthew 11 16 to 19 to what can I compare this generation they're like children sitting in the marketplace and calling out to others we played the pipe for you and you did not dance we sang a dirge and you did not mourn for john came neither eating or drinking and they say he has a demon son of man came eating and drinking they say oh here is a glutton and a drunkard a friend of sinners tax collectors but wisdom is proved right by her deeds what is jesus saying is that whatever whoever comes one man comes you know sitting on sackcloth and ashes and eating with camels uh, you know clothed with camel's hair and, and uh, you know eating wild honey and in the wilderness and proclaiming repentance they say oh he's you know he has a demon but then another man comes jesus comes and he's eating with sinners and tax collectors and he is embracing and loving everybody and calling them into his kingdom and they say accuse him he's a sinner he's eating with tax collectors he's a drunkard he's a glutton So, neither are they accepting John the Baptist who came with rags. Neither are they accepting Jesus who came in fine clothes. You see, you will always have critical people in the world. They will accuse, you know, when we started this ministry 20 years back and there was only a thatch shed here. One of my mom's relatives, uh, you know, uh, her father-in-law who lived a few couple of streets away morning he used to go for a walk on the on the street, he walked by and he looked at the thatch shed and asked foreign money, <laughs> sir foreign money, vanda, why thatch shed, <laughs> we would hire a 5 star hotel,
1: <laughs>
0: you see thatch shed also <laughs> somehow it irritates and then you go in a car, oh foreign money, whichever way people who criticize will criticize that's what Jesus is saying okay come down to Matthew chapter 12 verse 38 and 39 then some of the Pharisees and teachers of the law said to him Matthew 12 38 39 Pharisees and the teachers of the law teacher we want to see a sign from you already Jesus has been doing many miracles signs and wonders speaking with authority and calling them to repentance, nothing is going into the hard head and now they're asking for a sign and he answered, a wicked and adulterous generation asks for a sign but none will be given it except the sign of prophet Jonah, what was the sign of prophet Jonah, three days and three nights, he was in the belly of the fish and so will the son of man, three days and three nights, he will be on the cross, that's the sign, the savior comes to die on the cross. But whatever, you know, he does, miracles, signs and wonders, they are not believing in him. They are simply refusing to believe concerning the nation of Israel. This is what Jesus is saying. This is an adulterous and a wicked generation. They will not believe. They do not want to acknowledge that we are sinners. They want to always keep their positions, religious positions high. And they want to cover up their hypocrisy and their double life by their positions, by their long robes and tassels, and by their uh, uh, influence in the society that they are very highly influential religious people and people come down and, you know, uh, you know, bow down to them. And that was giving them a lot of power, that was giving them a lot of position, that was giving them money that was giving them everything that their sinful lives wanted their hearts were so hardened in that that when the savior came and called them to repent they refused to repent and Jesus says this is an adulterous and a wicked generation that's asking for a sign and chapter 12 43 to 45 also Jesus says when an impure spirit comes out of a person goes through arid places seeking rest and does not find it then it says I will return to the house I left when it arrives it finds a house unoccupied swept clean and put in order then it goes and takes with it seven other spirits more wicked than itself and they go in and live there and the final condition of that person is worse than the first this is how it will be with this wicked generation their latter condition after jesus comes and goes their latter condition will become worser. jesus has come to clean up the place and if they cleaned up and allowed the spirit of god to fill that empty space the spirit of god would have come and taken over but instead what they did was Jesus came but then they refused and then these demons bring back seven more and the condition of that man is worse off later than how it was former in the earlier times. So Jesus is saying your condition is going to be like this, this generation, this is how it will be with this so basically about the nation of israel what jesus is telling them is that you people how many of our miracles signs and wonders i do you don't believe but look at that centurion when jesus you know when he said my servant is sick at home immediately uh, jesus turned around and said i want to come to your house and heal him the man said sir you are a man of authority i know what it is to be under in authority because I myself am a centurion, a man over 100 soldiers, and I don't deserve for you, holy God, to come to my house. You just stay here, say a word, my servant will be healed. Jesus said, There is no great faith that I have seen in Israel like this man. And then he goes on to say, There will be people who will come from the east and the west, from across the world, into my kingdom. But in Israel, I don't see this kind of faith where people just believe in me. But it's the Gentiles who will come to believe in me. And so about the nation of Israel, Jesus is telling them on their face and Jesus and Matthew is also taking that story and presenting that to the Jewish church and saying, this is what Jesus already foretold about the nation of Israel. Now we are beginning to come under judgment by the Romans. The Romans are ruling and now they are, uh, emperor Titus is going to overthrow, you know, the city of Jerusalem and they're going through that phase of, uh, being judged for rejecting the messiah so that's their historical current context it's like in today's world you know what's happening in myanmar how many of you are following the news burma you know what's happening it's a military coup now you know that lady you know leader who is under house arrest and there's massive protests and myanmar is under you know major uh, breakdown So that's the kind of situation that Jerusalem was going through and here these people were hoping that Messiah came. We thought Messiah will bring David time of time, you know, like those times like David, where it will be a time of peace and prosperity. Now Romans are oppressing even more. Romans are now overthrowing the city. And they're all confused, looking at what the Messiah did, what the Messiah said, what they were expecting. And now they come to believe in the Messiah. And then in our city, you know, big chaos. What did Jesus tell? He thought we thought it will be like David's time, peace and prosperity. And we'll go about our business, buying and selling and marrying and giving in marriage. We thought everything will be happy, good old times. But it's gone back to us, So they're confused. So we need to put ourselves in their context, in their place. How it would have felt for them. And so Matthew is writing and saying, no, Jesus already predicted, prophesied, foretold that Israel will reject me. Israel will reject my message and Israel will come under judgment. And that is what is happening now. You're witnessing that in your lifetime. That's what Matthew is telling the Jewish believers. Amen. Number two, this is what is happening from chapter 11 to 13. This is what Matthew is writing. He's also writing parallelly, intertwining along with, as he's speaking about the nation of Israel, he's also writing about the kingdom of God. But while Israel is rejecting, while Israel refuses to repent, while Israel refuses his message, but there are some who come into the kingdom of God. As a whole nation, they refuse, but there are some who believe. And this is what he's writing here. In matthew chapter 11 25 to 30 can we read 25 to 30 at that time jesus said i praise you father lord of heaven and earth because you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned and revealed them to little children oh to the wise and the learned the intelligent it is hidden to the intelligent but to the infants it's revealed these things are revealed. yes father this was what you are pleased to do all things have been committed to me by my father no one knows the son except the father no one knows the father except the son and those to whom the son chooses to reveal him and so come to me all you who are weary burdened you know battered in life you know come to me i will give you rest take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble the yoke that the Pharisees the teachers of the law have put on you the human traditions and the customs the rituals and many things that they made it burdensome to follow me they made the the things that they enforced on you made it burdensome and as a hindrance for you to accept and know me and come into a relationship with me but you skip all of that Get rid of all of those false religious system and just come to me as you are. You are burdened with all of those yokes that they laid on you. Come to me, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, my teachings, my principles for life. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, learn. I mean, that's what we are learning, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For I am gentle and humble in heart, I am not hard and burdensome men, and, and uh, you know catching you by the throat. You brought that lamb with a small uh, speck, a small deformity, immediately no, we cannot accept this for you know the sacrifice, take it back. There is other sheep, pay the money, how much, or oh, you have to pay in temple, t- uh, ca- temple currency not in the roman currency now so exchange the money what is the exchange rate exchange rate is high high commission so then you have to get the exchange rate and then you buy the doves because you can't afford a lamb and that does not qualify for the kind of sacrifice you want to offer burdensome hard that's how the pharisees that's how the 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 priests made it for the people of israel but you know jesus is saying take my yoke upon you my di- just believe just follow me follow my teachings which is very simple which is not burdensome i am meek i'm humble i'm not going to push it down your throat i'm not going to demand money from your side i'm not going to you know extract everything and leave you high and dry i'm here to bless you i'm here to help you i'm mere humble i'm just here to journey along with you you are struggling with bad life you are struggling with sin you are struggling with you know um, probably things that, you know, people would stone you for. I'm here to help you, take my yoke upon you, learn from me. I will journey along with you. You know, I'm meek, I'm humble, I'm lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your soul. You will find change. You'll find peace with me. You'll find peace in your heart. Rest. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Hallelujah. He made it light for us. Amen. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, He made it light. Hallelujah. He made it light for us. You don't have to now travel to Jerusalem to go and offer a sacrifice for your sins to be forgiven. Hallelujah. Just imagine if you have to do that every year. Or well, some of us would be happy to go to Jerusalem every year. That's another matter. They like to put on some nice fancy sneakers and start walking around the mountains. That's another kind of people. But what about the money? <laughs> Can everybody afford to go to Mecca? Can everybody afford to go to Jerusalem? (laughs) No, we can't. It's burdensome. Jesus made it light and easy for us. Hallelujah. 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 So those who are humble, those who are willing, those who say, I want this Messiah and his good news will enter into the kingdom of God. The poor, the burdened, the infants, not the intelligent, not the very super smart who say oh we know better than God himself you know but those who say I need the savior will enter into the kingdom of God hallelujah and look at also chapter uh, 12 and verses 18 to 21 12 18 to 21 here is my servant whom I have chosen the one I love in whom I delight the prophecy about Jesus which Jesus himself is quoting and Matthew is writing that and I will put my spirit on him, and he will proclaim justice to the nations about the kingdom of God. He will not quarrel or cry out, nor will he hear the, his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break, and a small ring weak, he will not snuff out. See those who have little faith, those who are struggling to and wanting the grace of God, and those who are searching. Didn't you? Haven't you read about so many of such people who came to Jesus, that mother whose daughter was tormented by a demon and Syrophoenician Greek woman comes and cries out to Jesus and says, Lord, have mercy upon my daughter. And while he was trying to deter her, she, Jesus says, it is not right for me to take uh, uh, the bread, the children's bread and offer it to the dogs. What an insulting word he uses like almost to say that you are like a dog and this is meant for the Jews because that's how the Gentiles were considered in Jesus' day as outcasts, untouchables. And she says, but Lord, the dogs eat what falls from the master's table. If there is any healing, any grace that comes from the master's table, any leftover from what you came to offer to the Jews, I came for the lost sheep of Israel, Jesus says. Basically, he was just testing her faith. But she wouldn't give up. She would cry out and say, Lord, only you can do this. My daughter needs healing. And and she goes down on her knees and says, Even what falls from the master's table, the dogs eat it. And Jesus said, Oh, right now, at this very moment, your daughter will be healed. Hallelujah. That is the way Jesus dealt with people. A small ring wick. He will not snuff out a bruised tree. He will not break. But the same thing, if you went to the priests, they will say, go and get 10 sheep and come. <laughs> and offer sacrifice. Oh, burdensome. But Jesus is full of love and grace that he and till he has brought justice through victory in his name the nations will put their hope basically he finishes this whole leaven in chapter 12 this whole section concerning the nation of Israel he said you know that they will not accept and they're coming under a judgment and they are unrepentant and about the kingdom of God he says but there are the poor the the infants not the intelligent but those who are willing will come and follow him in chapter 12 towards the end he finishes this section by showing who will truly be his family in verses 46 to 50 not those who are by virtue of birth who are his brothers and sisters not by nationality as Israel that they will be his family but those who obey and follow him after mentioning about the nations he's basically saying the Israel Israel will not accept me but it is I come opening up the good news of the kingdom calling people into the kingdom but here are another type of people who are coming the nations are going to come and truly who my family are are not just because they're Jewish not just because they're Israel not just because they are my own brothers and sisters but my family is those who will do the will of my father in heaven those who will embrace this gospel those who will embrace this kingdom those who will come into his kingdom As he taught them to pray thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven the central theme of the prayer was that the kingdom of god which he has come to inaugurate in this world and call people into it has come and now he's looking for those who will come he's talking about those who will not come also but those who will come are those who are Who will believe and obey him in verses 46 to 50 while jesus was still still talking to the crowd chapter 12 46 to 50 his mother and brother stood outside wanting to speak to him someone told him your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to speak to you he replied to him who is my mother and who are my brothers don't when your mom calls tomorrow morning don't say who is my mother who are my brothers because jesus said it Jesus says this to show who are those who are truly his family. Who are those who truly belong to him? Pointing to his disciples, he said, Here are my mother and brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and my sister and my mother. Hallelujah. And so in your own family, you might have people in your own family, in your larger family, who do not do the will of the father, who have not come into the kingdom they also need to now become part of his family we have now become part of his family because we have embraced his gospel and we have embraced the gospel story and so we have come to become his family he has called us and we are his family he is not ashamed to call us his brothers and sisters but we also have others who are yet part of our own family who are yet to come into this family of God hallelujah and that's our heart, and that's our goal, and that's what we need to focus on, and some key implications from whatever we've looked at from until now, the entire generation of Israel is going to suffer judgment, cut out of the kingdom as the cities will be destroyed, and Jesus is going out to the world, to the Gentiles, and this kingdom is going to grow very large, that's what he's going to talk about in chapter 13, and we quickly look at that, and concerning the future, we looked at concerning Israel, concerning the kingdom of God, who will come in into the kingdom and who are the type of people who will be in his kingdom. Those who are willing, those who embrace his gospel. And 13, he's going to talk about the parables, several parables, parable of the sower. The seed fell on different kinds of soil. On the wayside, places on the field where the thorns grew and choked them. And on the rocky mountains, and uh, birds came and picked them up but some fell on good soil and it produced a 30 60 and a hundred fold following it up with that parable of the sower jesus follows it up with the parable of the weeds uh, the mustard seed sorry not the weeds the mustard seed the seed is so small but the little seed that you sow makes it to grow into a big tree where the birds of the air come and you know take refuge and produces great amount of shade talking about how the seed of the gospel will fall in different places but where there is good soil it will produce good fruit and though it is initially small it starts small in Israel but then it's going to branch out and go into all the Gentile world and the gospel is going to produce produce much large fruit grow like a big tree across the nations hallelujah that's what Jesus is saying here through the parables he's Basically, when Jesus is speaking in parables, he hides the truth from those hardened hearts. You see, Jesus' audience was, cons- was, was comprised of two kinds of people. One who came to just criticize him, who just came to check him out, who just came to find fault with him, who just were plotting to kill him and to catch him in his word. And there were some who came sincerely seeking, wanting their needs to be met. And wanting salvation for their souls. And open to the gospel. Open to the message he was preaching. Two kinds of people came. the Ones who came to find fault. The ones who came with a critical mind. The ones who came to reject. The ones who came to plot against him. The ones who came to accept him. And so when Jesus is speaking about the kingdom. He starts now from now on. He takes off into another level. He says you fellows. Whatever I tell you. You don't listen. And so I'm going to start speaking to you in a language you will not understand. You will come to hear me, but you will not understand. But if you have a sincere open heart, you will understand everything and you will be blessed. (laughs) Jesus is no easy man. He knows how to place his cards at the right place. He's not some kind of a very, uh, you know, just lovey-dovey God. He's very sharp, very intelligent. Remember, he's... The wisest one, (laughs) the man of wisdom and he knows how to handle each one, he also knows how to handle us. If we are too stiff and rebellious, he knows how to mold us also, hallelujah. It's good to know a little bit about God of his, the other side of him also, which we normally don't normally talk about so much. God of love, God of grace, God of goodness, God of blessing. All that is overflowing. But also he knows when they are very stiff and rebellious, speaking in parables, he hides the truth from the hardened ones, but explains more to the disciples privately, helping them to see that his kingdom will go big, especially centered among the Gentiles, because the Jewish people are rejecting him. That's the, seas, the parables of this. Sower and the parable of the mustard seed. Then comes the parable of the wheat and the tares. The wheat will begin to grow. You see it's all seed, mustard, then the tree and then the wheat. See it's going the same seed plant analogy stories. And the stories have a central point. Normally parables will have a central, one central point. In parable of the wheat and the tares, he says the wheat will be growing and then the while the master is asleep, the the workers come and say, you know, while we were asleep, you know, suddenly somebody from outside has come and sown some weeds and gone away and we should pluck them out. Oh, the master says, no, no, don't pluck them. Now when it's all growing, you pluck out the weeds, it will come off with the wheat also. So allow both to grow. But finally there will come one day judgment day when the master will come and cut off all the weeds and throw them in and, and as burning chaff and will dry up and be burnt away. So this is how the kingdom which is now inaugurated will grow and Satan will also come and sow weeds. False teachings will come. The Judaizers will come and they will come and confuse and they will sow their people and they will sow their things and divert and deceive people into wrong teachings, wrong understanding, into wrong concepts and wrong belief of God. It is the same scriptures that they subscribe to, the same God that they believe in, but the completely twisted understanding which leads them into deception. And God is saying that this is what the devil will do in the kingdom of God. He will come and sow weeds and disrupt and try to harm the kingdom of God. Allow it, but there will come a time when God will send his angels and he will cut the weeds and throw them where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth and it will be burnt off. Hallelujah. So basically about the future, what God is saying here is, he's speaking to the disciples. He's speaking to the crowds. And he's saying, this is what is going to happen in the kingdom. It's going to look small for you now. Maybe it looks like the Romans have taken over. It looks like the Judaism have come and invaded. It looks like, you know, Jesus is gone and the first eyewitnesses are going away. And you look like, you know, like a sheep without shepherd. But I want you to know that this is the gospel. This is be stabilized and firmly rooted in this. And when you're rooted in this, you will see this gospel is going to grow. It will grow among the Gentiles. It will go among the nations and it will become a huge tree. It's a small mustard seed. It will grow big. It will go large. It will go wide. Satan will also do his job. But finally, it will all be cut down. That's what Jesus is saying concerning the future. Doesn't that encourage us this morning? Hallelujah. That we might look like a minority group of people, the gospel is growing very large for the last 2,000 years. Hallelujah. Many uh, emperors and kings and conquerors have tried to annihilate the kingdom of God by killing people on the stakes and burning them at the stakes and crucifying them upside down. Even those who translated the Bible into English from Latin were burned at the stakes. Many of them, Wycliffe and many others. But what happened finally? The spirit is continuing to be poured out and the gospel and the word of God continues to spread all over the world. And today we have an English Bible in our hands. We have a Tamil Bible in our hands because of those people who sacrifice themselves. And the gospel continues to grow and progress through many challenges, through many persecutions, through many oppositions, but it continues to grow through many false teachings and everything that the devil keeps sowing in to disrupt and deceive the people in the kingdom it continues to prosper and grows hallelujah and so let's not get discouraged looking at the little number of people who are getting saved right now let's not get disheartened looking at the you know many efforts that we have taken which has not borne much fruit the gospel will grow hallelujah because Jesus said it Jesus has prophesied it Jesus has predicted it Jesus has foretold it and if he foretold it's certainly going to happen because not one word of His will ever fail hallelujah hallelujah don't worry about laws and anything that can be brought in into this into the city or the country you know that can try to annihilate or crush us down the more we are crushed the more we will grow and prosper hallelujah The more the Israelites were crushed in Egypt, the more they multiplied and grew in number. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's the nature of the kingdom. That's how it works. The kingdom principles work. What does this coming kingdom look like? He's talking about three more parables, The parable of the hidden treasure. A man found a hidden treasure in a field, sold everything he owned and went and bought that field because the treasure was there. And there were pearls in that, you know, in the field. He sold everything expensive, all of the pearls and he went and bought that field because of that precious one pearl there. Basically, Jesus is talking about how you give up all to follow him. But view those, you know, the kingdom, it looks small, it's going to grow big. And if you embrace this gospel of the kingdom and come into my kingdom and give up everything else, everything else you'll value in life. If you give up all for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of the proclamation of the gospel, if you give up pursuing every other false form of faith and belief and practice, and if you give up every kind of, you know, thing that you value much in life, all worldly things, possessions, money, everything, give up all and just embrace his gospel and follow him and live for him and give up everything to do his work what happens is that you will see the last parable in chapter 13 about a great amount of catch of fish the net was put out and there was a great catch of fish and of all kinds can we go and read that in matthew chapter 13 Parable of the net in verse 47 to 50 again the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea and gathered fish of every kind when it was full men drew it ashore and sat down and sorted the good into containers but they threw the bad away so it will be at the end of the age angels will come and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace in that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth finally there will come a time when those who did not accept the gospel will be thrown away but those who accept him, they, they it says that you know they 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 threw the net in verse 47 into the sea and gathered fish of every kind. Come on, everybody say every kind. Fish of every kind. Hallelujah. That's the kind of fish that God is gonna give us. Amen. Shout aloud, Hallelujah. Fish of every kind in all shapes and sizes and colors amen hallelujah because the gospel is exploding into all of the world that's why i titled this morning's message as a gospel explosion that jesus is speaking about and encouraging the jewish believers matthew writes and saying hey this gospel that you believed in is going to explode in the world and fish of every kind will come they will be caught <laughs> hallelujah hallelujah a huge multi-ethnic catch that's what we should start praying for lord We want a huge multi-ethnic catch because on the last day when Jesus comes, people from every tongue and tribe and nation will stand before the throne. Hallelujah. For the kingdoms of this world would have become the kingdom of God and of his Christ and he will rule and reign forever and ever. And so we believe for a multi-ethnic catch, people of every kind to come into his kingdom. Hallelujah. Hallelujah hallelujah amen hallelujah and that's what jesus is telling the disciples that's what he's telling them in private and that's what matthew is writing to the churches and saying so be encouraged yes, and be stabilized in this but finally closes from verses 51 and 52 amazing closure here 51 50, 52 you should get this matthew's for this gospel explosion Let's read verses 51-52.
1: Have you understood all these things? Jesus asked. Yes, they replied. He said to them, Therefore, every teacher of the law who has been instructed about the kingdom of heaven (gasps) is like the owner Hmm. of a house who brings out of a storeroom new treasures as well as old.
0: Hallelujah! Have you understood all these things? From chapter 11 to 13? I mean, have you understood all these things? That's what Jesus is asking. He is, and Matthew is putting that there because all these things he's written to the churches and have you understood all these things? Yes. And they said, if you understood, not just knew, but understood. There's a difference between knowing and understanding. Right? Just knowledge is not enough. Understanding is necessary. Understanding what it means, understanding how it applies, understanding what must I do, coming to an understanding a level of understanding whereby you can take action on it have you understood all these things they said to him yes and he said to them therefore every scribe matthew himself being a scribe writing this gospel every scribe every messenger of the gospel a scribe is a messenger who is writing a person who is putting down stuff every messenger of the gospel whether today you do it in video you do it in writing you do it verbally you do it digitally you do it whichever way every scribe of the gospel every one of us here and all of you watching online everyone who is a messenger of the gospel every scribe therefore every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven and this morning we are being trained for the kingdom of heaven to work in the kingdom every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who brings out his treasure what is new here is the good news of the kingdom the new message the gospel and he also attaches the old story along with it brings them out so wonderfully and presents it everyone has to be trained has to be those skillful people who will bring out both together hallelujah what the prophets of old spoke what god began to do from the beginning those who can tell the good old story and who can say now here comes jesus announcing this kingdom Here is this message of the gospel and this is the gospel story bringing both the old and the new together. Everyone who is a scribe has been trained. If you understood these things, you are trained to proclaim this. We need to become such skillful leaders who will be able to lead others into this gospel. Who will proclaim the gospel rightly, accurately and sufficiently. Amen not only one element of the gospel but the whole gospel we need to become skillful leaders master the new and the old the gospel and the story of jesus from the old testament and drop off all those worldly treasures and pearls and put all your energy to become a master scribe of the kingdom of heaven hallelujah we need to be constantly sowing and weeding. amen Hallelujah. Sowing the seed, pulling out the weeds and clearing out things and establishing the kingdom of God on this earth. That's what Jesus is calling us to for this gospel explosion to happen. If the gospel has to explode, firstly, we need to well, be well established and stabilized in the gospel. We need to be well aware of the story of the gospel. That's why I'm repeatedly asking us read, read, read. It's not just a pious religious reading for the morning before coffee. Then mummy will give coffee. Not that kind of a religious old time style of reading. Morning, you know, we go we just for a few minutes, just close our eyes and Lord bless my work today. I should not have any accident. We should pray for all that. and Then take the Bible, Psalm 91. Protect me, Jesus it That is old religious style. Now we need to become skillful leaders. We need to be master the new and the old. We need to drop off all worldly treasures and pearls and the love of it and put all our energy to become master scribes of the kingdom of heaven, so that when opportunities come, when we meet with people, when we find opportunities we can knock on doors and we can tell the gospel so wonderfully and beautifully and clearly explicitly we need to be constantly sowing hallelujah that's what matthew's heart is for the jewish church and that's exactly what our desire is for our church this morning and for the global church where we will find a multi-ethnic catch that god will give and for those who come into this kingdom we'll close with this one verse verse 43 of chapter 13 chapter 43 of verse 13 then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father he who has ears let him hear hallelujah can we all say "Yes, yes lord yes lord Yes, Lord, hallelujah. He who has here, let him hear. The righteous then will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. In the kingdom of the father, right here on this earth, you will shine like the sun. Hallelujah, you will shine like the sun in this world, in the kingdom of God. As you become a master scribe, amen. Mastering the old and the new, you will begin to shine in the kingdom of God and do wonderful things for God. Hallelujah. For we are going to catch a multi-ethnic fish. Hallelujah. Because there's going to be a global explosion of the gospel through us. Through us. Through you. From Moghapair, from Annanagar, from Koratur, from Kelis from Ambatur, from Audi, from (laughs) Igmoor. Hallelujah Hallelujah. to the ends of the earth. Shall we pray? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We cannot accomplish anything apart from what your word only and your spirit only can accomplish. We are only stewards of your word, we are only servants who do your duty, who do our duty unto you and we cannot accomplish anything without you, for you said Lord, without me you can do nothing, but you said, you also said, I have called you, I have chosen you, that you may go and bear fruit, bear much fruit and fruit that will last. And so we entrust us into the hands of the master and willingly submit ourselves to become master scribes who will skillfully handle the new and the old, and bring both of those treasures to the world outside. For this small mustard seed-like thing will grow into a large tree where nations will come and feed on them like birds come and perch the people come and take shade and refuge causes to be such a people cause us to rise up to be such a people as you intended your disciples to be as matthew the scribe himself wanted to be and was and wanted the Jewish church to be and we as your church along with Jews your body as one we humbly surrender ourselves to be such a people who leave behind all treasures in the fields and the pearls and leave behind everything and strive With all our energy. To build your kingdom. To be those master scribes. Skillful people. Help us. Now help us oh God. For you will cause us to shine like the sun. In the kingdom of your father. In this world. Thank you Jesus for such a blessing. Such a grace. For we don't deserve it. But we are blessed by it. To you alone belong all glory and honor and praise. Amen. As we participate in the Lord's table, let's humble ourselves and ask the Lord to unite our hearts this morning as one, as one church, as one body, as we participate from the same bread and the wine, spiritually, though not physically in the same way, But yet in the spirit, we are one together. We thank you for that. For you died on the cross for us and you rose again for us. And we remember the cross and we proclaim the Lord's death. Even this morning, we are proclaiming the good news of the gospel. That it is through your name, we find salvation and hope. And we want to commit ourselves to this gospel that you preached and which Matthew proclaimed to the churches. We commit ourselves to it, to live by it, to follow it, to reflect it in this world. Help us now, O God. Amen. As we sing a hymn, we'll participate in the table of the Lord, the broken body of our Lord Jesus and the shed blood of Christ Participate in the table of the Lord with a thankful and a grateful heart, asking the Lord to cleanse us more and asking the Lord for complete deliverance from anything that comes as a barrier between us and God and asking the Lord to take it away, Lord that I want to fully embrace the gospel and your kingdom and want to be in your kingdom and be a proclaimer of your kingdom and be a master scribe will bring out treasures both the old and new giving up all other treasures of the world and things that we greatly value of this world we commit ourselves to that we thank you for your broken body that was broken for us on the cross shall we participate in the body of our lord jesus christ this is the blood of the new covenant The forgiveness, shed for the forgiveness of sins. Shall we participate in the blood of the Lord Jesus? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Draw me nearer, nearer. Shall we stand together and sing?
1: To the cross that Thou hast died.
0: Father, we pray your blessing upon everyone here and those who are joining us online, the church extended beyond the walls. Father, we pray your blessing, your blessing, your blessing rest upon them. Every home, every family, every individual be blessed in every way, spiritually, financially, in health, professionally, ministerially, in every area of their life. Especially we want to pray for those who are looking for a suitable life partner. Provide, O God. Those who are looking for a job, provide, O God. Those who need finances, bless them, O God. Multiply the five loaves and the two fish, O God. Meet every need. We pray for those who are sick. Let your healing rest upon them. Especially we want to pray for Sister Sella, Medwin, the whole family. Comfort them. Be with them. Let your name be glorified. We give you all the glory, honor and the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.